keeps rolling. Here we go. So, I'm going to say right on the front end that Chasing Squirrels is kind of taking a taking a sideways step right now. And even before we get into the conversation this evening with Jocelyn Curvin, I'm going to put up front that this conversation and some of the conversations that are going to come out of this conversation may have a triggering effect for some people. We're going to be talking about um, some life stuff and some work stuff and definitely some teacher stuff that for some people may, you know, it it may give you some feels. It may give you some emotions. So on the front end, we'll just say that conversations this evening may trigger some deep thinking, some emotions, uh, maybe a need to reach out and call someone. How's that? Is that a good lead? Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay, so um, do we start with the topic? Do we do we throw down and just say our purpose, our why for being here, talking again? So this is the third time, third time that we're talking. Right, we've connected a couple times in the past. Absolutely. Um, about some some really neat changes. Mm-hmm. It's. I hate to say the theme. <laughs> I hate. So if, if this is this is the um, will also. I guess I could have put in the trigger warnings at the beginning of this podcast that there, there could could there be some laughter. Of course. Are we going to try and trip the dark humor a little bit? Absolutely. And I'm going to I'm going to take your lead on that one just so I know if I'm actually laughing <laughs> at the right stuff. But yeah, we've talked two times previously. So in the beginning of Chasing Squirrels, there was a whole slew of people that were very very kind to share their time with me to talk about education, changes in education, challenges in education. And at that time, you came in as a... Do you remember what we talked about the first time? I'm, uh, no, I, I remember the second time. But I, yeah, the first time was... Uh, no, <laughs> I'm trying because I think I'm mixing up conversations. That's you know what, and that happens. I think that happens to the best of us professionally. It happens definitely. I've I communicate with a couple people that I've actually said to them. I I don't know if I said this to you when I texted you, right on Instagram. That's, yeah. So I'm like, okay, was this the first conversation or the second? So our first conversation was all about um, you looking at bringing kind of digital technology a little bit into your music classroom. Right. You were talking, we, we spent a lot of time kind of unpacking how the arts and Mm -hmm. how the arts positions itself as a restorative and a connective element of a school community. Mm -hmm. You talked about the, the, the need for having, um, within, within an elective, area of study, you were talking about how key to building that community was also having um, extracurricular that's connected with your arts. So the trips and the cafe nights. Right. Those family building pieces. I remember that. Exactly. So that becomes the tissue. And I think we spent some time also talking about, because we did the trip together to Europe, Mm -hmm. which was fabulous. And um, so that was our first time together. Second time together was about a year later right. ish. <laughs> and that one came about because you were, well, you set it up. So, what was happening in the second combo? Um, I took a, a complete leap of faith and, uh, and stepped away from the music class into the role of digital literacy consultant at the board. 
mm-hmm. which was shocking <laughs> in a sense. It's sort of... Yeah, totally expected, I'll say, from my point of view. <laughs> now, and you, you aren't the it, only one to have said that. Yeah, because and part of it is was, you, you know, obviously the podcast we had together, but, you know, full disclaimer, we worked together at the mm-hmm. same school. We had discussions about, you know, kind of using tech. I think even we're right now using Soundtrap, which we've just spent the last frickin' 55 minutes trying to figure out how, <laughs> how and, you know, by the time someone hears this on iTunes or whatever, you know, whatever it is, two weeks, a week from now, um, there was a whole lot of kind of like, why can't we figure this out? To get, so despite our, dig, our digital yeah. depth... Um, there was a little bit of a learning curve to get this, but not bad. 45 minutes, we figured it out. And hopefully, and hopefully someone's hearing this in a decent quality. And it's all good. You know, that's the fruits of us actually figuring out that someone else gets to hear besides us. But, you know, when we were, you know, there was always conversations that you and I had about sort of injecting interest, injecting fun, injecting family. And I had a real good sense of that when I went on the trip with you to Europe as well. I could see the community that you were building there. So then when you decided to change, we had already had conversations in real life, you know, just we had several conversations. I remember sitting in the music department office and talking about how, you know, you had this sense of change. There were things that, you know, you kind of you weren't sure. It was interesting. I had a really clear sense that you were seeking. And I don't know that I recognized it right away. And maybe until this the job opportunity came up and I kind of went, oh, yeah, maybe maybe that is what I'm looking for, and it's been a it was a great move. So then, it, yeah. yeah. So then you get this gig, and you know one of the cool things I'll say one of the cool things that I found myself saying about you in that position is I always found myself saying, and I've done similar statements to this of this type before. Um, like I like saying when artsies get into positions of leadership. And I'm not saying that, you know, the math teachers of the world and the English teachers, I know you teach English too sometimes, <laughs> but um, it's not that I have issue with core teachers becoming leadership, but I thought there was something really cool about rep and leadership with um, the arts heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, the, the adding on the extra layer of, uh, you know, the arts with tech, with kind of connecting to the whole board. And I really, yep. you know really felt that the, the spirit of, of, of what it meant to kind of be a re, in a regional position, like I like the idea of, uh, of you going into that. Um, Thanks. The, I've, I've really enjoyed it. And, and I've really enjoyed approaching it from an arts lens um, and, and bringing that to, to the activities that I get to do. Mm-hmm. So it's been kind of great. It's cool too because you've popped into my school and it's so I'm at a new school now, um, quite quite a distance from mm-hmm. where we first met, mm-hmm. almost as far to the west as you possibly could be. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. Eh? And it's always it's it's funny to sort of land in a space and have colleagues from the past collect together into the new space. And at you you know that at at that that school that I'm at, there's several expats from. Yep our previous school there. <laughs> um, so here's, that's the update, I guess, for, you know, kind of episode one and episode two. And then episode three shouldn't be happening. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Episode, this conversation should never be happening. Not, not because it's like, <laughs> it's good that it's happening. Yep. 
I don't know. It, yeah, <laughs> things took a twist. Took a twist. Took a twist. That uh, a little unexpected. Okay, so let's. Um, without further ado, here's 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 the setup then, because everyone's like, okay, what the hell are they talking about? Yeah. Like, okay, where's this going? So, um, I'm going to take you back to. I'll start with the text I sent you. Yeah. So let's kind of start that and use that as an explosion point. Okay. I'll let you share the text because I don't know where you were, what you were doing. The moment that it was in, it was sort of a late night text. Mm-hmm. Set it up from your side because it was, it, to me, it land. It, it was sort of like a, a hail mary text, mm-hmm. um, and you can sort of shape this however you want. But are you cool with that? Yeah. Starting with the text, okay. Um, it oddly could not have come at a more perfect time, <laughs> in a sense. Um, because of the uh, the situations that I'm sort of facing now, that yeah, the, the text arrived and uh, you asked if we could have a conversation about um, what I'm facing now, um, and and it literally came probably a few days after I thought, huh, I need to talk about some stuff, and uh, and I know just the person that I could have this conversation with. And then probably two, three days later, your text arrived and said, hey, do you want to have a conversation about all this? <laughs> so I think we, um, we've sort of done one cliffhanger after another cliffhanger yeah. after another cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the text. Okay. Are you okay with that? And then you can shape it, okay? Yeah. Um, so I sent you, you know, somewhere late March, I say, I want to pitch you something. And you're like, okay, what you thinking? Mm-hmm. I'm totally doing your voice. I don't know if that's your voice, right? <laughs> I'm like, okay, here it goes. Would you be willing to begin a dialogue with me on squirrels about cancer? Multiple myeloma in particular. But the convo can broaden out to the learning, the challenges, and some of the changes that come along with the diagnosis. And then I used a swear word. <laughs> I said, this is a blank something of an idea. I have no clear approach. I feel whack even asking, and I really, really hope this idea lands with you somewhere between let's talk some more uh, or uh, Clough, this is and I just (laughs) just keep sending me funny gifts and we'll be good. (laughs) Um, And I also said in there, this is also whack because I'm asking to have access to your process and I totally get it if you'd rather have me piss off with the idea. And by that time, I was laughing because honestly, um, we were definitely thinking along the same lines and it was, it was amusing to me because I immediately wrote back with LOL, love the idea. I've actually been thinking about, Mm -hmm. um, chatting with someone about all of this. Um, I remember though, I did send you the gif of, uh, fainting goats. Fainting goats. That was, yeah, that was appreciated. (laughs) (laughs) So, so let me do full disclaimer on the front end. Um, so prior to that, you had reached out. Mm -hmm. Um, we spoke, we spoke for, you know, 45 minutes or so. And you had, you had let me in, let me into, you know, what was going on with you that, Mm -hmm. uh, you had received a diagnosis of multiple myeloma, which is a, a type of cancer. And in that moment, I also shared that my father 
had um, had the same cancer, and it was a you know. I wouldn't. I won't say so much as like there was like this synchronous moment, mm-hmm. but there's there was a yin and yang to that sort of moment of uh, some feels coming back up for me and the and the thoughts and sort of right away kind of going back to um, being a part of his process and then of course remaining present so that mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm part of the conversation that you and I had. Yeah. So there's our whole kind mm-hmm. of backstory, and yep. then and I have multiple myeloma, um, which is a very unusual cancer to have at the age of 43. Um, it's an unusual cancer to have in general, I think. Um, but here we are. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's been about when are we at April? So it's been about two months. Things, think, since things really sort of kicked off, um, so it's been uh, it's been a whirlwind of <laughs> really changed world um, for the last two months. But uh, yeah, here we are, me and cancer kicking some ass. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so where are you? Let's let's just let's let's branch out from there. Where are you? I know that um, we've had some other text conversations mm-hmm. where y- you were talking about um, some spinal repair. Mm-hmm. Um, I also know well, you had shared that uh, you had some numbers and some conversations from your uh, your team, mm-hmm. your your medical team. But I also know one of the other key things that you had mentioned, and maybe we should kind of start there. You had mentioned that there, there were things in your life, you were getting clues that mm-hmm. something was, I want I don't want to say off, but the body was giving you, the body yep. was giving you clues that something was going on. It, it, it couldn't sort of come mm-hmm. into a picture. Um, but maybe take, let's, let's go back to there. What's now sort of looking back, what, um, looking what's, back, what signals yeah. what was, what was being, what was your body telling you? Um, it's, it's interesting looking back on things now. And actually I was out today, um, for a walk and, um, and I thought, you know, um, there were times last year that I would go for a walk and get unexpectedly tired or unexpectedly overheated. Um, I know why now, <laughs> you know, I know that, that things in my blood system were not working well. Um, so yeah, looking back on things, it's, it's been about a year or more of little signals that didn't add up enough to, I guess, for, for me to come up with any sort of a picture, um, or even enough things perhaps for doctors to put together enough information. So you know, where the, the, the you know you, you know you know when you have a cold and and you you just about get over it and then it comes back in a slightly different form or whatever. It's been that kind of a year of well, my shoulder aches. Um, okay, well my shoulder seems to be fine now, but I seem to have ribs that are sore. Okay, that seems to be better after some physiotherapy. That's great. Okay, hey, we're feeling really good. Um, let's you know go and do a. a 
a 5k run. Nope. I think we broke a rib. How did we do that? (laughs) So there was a, there was a lot of things over the last year or so, including a lot of back pain, some shoulder issues, some weird rib pain, um, that I kind of attributed to the fact that I spend more time in my car. I spend more time at a computer now. I'm not in front of a classroom conducting music, so I wasn't as physically active in my daytime stuff as I I had been. Um, I was going to a gym that pushed me harder than I was used to, so I thought, well, maybe I've strained some muscles, you know, that, uh, that I hadn't used before. So it was all, there were all kinds of, I, I, in my own head, I had all kinds of excuses for the individual situations. Um, and it wasn't till Christmas time, probably when I looked at things and thought, this has been too long. (laughs) It's been too many random sorts of things. Um, something's not right. There's definitely something not right. And, uh, and I need, I don't, I don't know how to figure out what's next. So, uh, but then I, I broke one more rib, which didn't seem to have any cause. I didn't bump into anything. I didn't fall down. I didn't, you know, have a my car accident fender bender. <laughs> there was, there was no reason for that to have broken. Um, and that's what started the most, um, recent, sort of investigations that led to the diagnosis. Can you remember a doctor's appointment that you had where something in your mind kind of shifted where you thought to yourself, yeah, it's kind of not what we're talking about. Like, did you mm-hmm. have a sense at one of the appointments, like, like you, not that you were onto something, but you were just off track in the discussion yep. of what was actually going on with your health. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say there were at least two conversations, two, I'm going to say there were two doctor's appointments where, um, things didn't go down the road that I thought maybe they should have. Um, I'm going to say back in October. So let's take this back a little bit. Back in the end of April last year, um, I badly injured my shoulder. Um, I, thought it was a rotator cuff tear something I felt something sort of let go and kind of pull um so that was in April May of last year went for some physiotherapy things seemed to sort of come around no big deal um but by October the shoulder hadn't healed and was still causing problems and it seemed to be whatever was going on with the shoulder seemed to have radiated now down into my spine and into some ribs. And that's the point at which I went to the doctor again and said, this isn't healing. So he sent me for an ultrasound and an x-ray, and those showed something. Mm-hmm. Um, I know now that it showed the beginning of um, a mass of um, plasma cells, uh, plasmacytes, I guess, or whatever. Um, that is part of what can happen with multiple myeloma. So in addition to it bothering your bones, it can cause these sort of small um, masses of cells. And in October, that showed up, 
but it could also have, from what I knew, it could also have been a tear in the rotator cuff muscles. So my doctor, so a pretty at that standard point, injury potentially. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pretty straight, straightforward. Pretty standard. And my doctor said, "Okay, let's follow that up with an MRI." But I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a, a major priority in a sense for the MRI. And in October, when I scheduled the MRI or when they called me to schedule it, they said the earliest we can fit you in is March second. So I thought, okay. Um, that's not very helpful. Um, what do I do in the meantime? <laughs> the shoulder isn't healing. Um, and there didn't seem to be a good answer at that point. So I just kind of went back to physiotherapy and went back to taking Tylenol and <laughs> hoping that things would get better. Um, and they did not. And then in January... I'm going to say, um, I went back to my doctor again and said, um, things don't feel right. Uh, the shoulder is still an issue. I'm still have still having pain. And, and he said, I'll send you to a shoulder specialist. But I said at that point, the conversation was, but my ribs hurt too. My ribs hurt. My spine hurts. There's more, I'm, I'm hurting in more places. And I don't think he heard me <laughs> or re I don't think he really listened at that point. Um, so I didn't really get anywhere in that appointment, that conversation, but I knew, I knew I wasn't getting the answers I needed. Um, and it was a couple of weeks later or a week or so later, I think that I picked up just the edge of a, a, a cold, um, and got coughing over a course of three or four days and the rib just went into excruciating agony mm -hmm. and I went to a walk-in clinic around the corner from where I live and the doctor there said I'm going to send you for an x-ray and when the x-ray result came back um, I got called back into the walk-in clinic and I had <laughs> I had this doctor this time that was um, probably just out of med school and he's certainly the guy that I, I figure has saved my life um, and is the reason that I know I have cancer. Because he very objectively listened to the entire history of the last few months that I had been dealing with. And, uh, and he said, I, I don't like the sound of this. Um, let's dig deeper. And he sent me for a bone scan. And that was the beginning of, holy jumpins, something's going on. So, yeah, it was this brand new teacher, or brand new teacher, mm. <laughs> brand new uh, doctor, probably, like I said, not long out of med school, um, who knew to look at a bigger picture and, and put a bunch of things together and, uh, and said, let's, let's dig deeper. It might be nothing but it might be something. And lo and behold, here we are. It's amazing how little it takes just to shift yeah. the perspective. When, yeah. when there's no longer the commitment to saying it's, it's a pulled muscle, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's, just, it's mind blowing to me 
the scaffolded <laughs> siloing that happens when you get fixated on let's one part of the health and and all the sort of attributes that kind of hold you in its gaze yeah and you just shift slightly and you go mm-hmm. but if it's not that yeah you kind of step back and like you said to be able to see a bigger picture yeah. that was completely obscured by you know the focus just on rotator cuff mm-hmm. or the focus yeah. on it's just a chest cold mm-hmm. he um he didn't know me in any capacity so he had he had no history other than the verbal history that we talked about in that one appointment um and that's i guess that's the the perspective i needed was that overall view hmm so i remember for my father the the scans the same scans it was in the it was in the hips Mm-hmm. And um, he attributed, before the bone scans came in, he attributed the, the pain that he was having, his mobility, to just to old age. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't mm-hmm. until the scans were done that um, he described, and I think his doctor described it as honeycombing. It actually looked yeah. like the, the, the bones themselves were getting hollow spots in them. Yeah. And yeah. So I was going to say, so for, for people who don't, no. Um, multiple myeloma is a blood cancer, um, but it moves from blood to bone marrow to bones. And it's when it gets into the bones that generally it gets discovered. Uh, so it's not until then, because yes, because it, it weakens bones and it starts to create holes in the bones. And that's where we get fractures. Uh, that's why, so I, I probably have had six rib fractures or more over the past eight months without realizing it. Um, so probably the same thing with your dad is that it wasn't until, yeah, it was in the bones that, um, yeah, that those holes start to show up. So in my case, um, it wasn't, it, uh, it's, it's through throughout pretty much my entire upper body. So I think when we did the bone scan, it showed up on nine different ribs my breastbone, my right pelvis, uh, my clavicle, and a number of vertebrae in my spine. So it was pretty solid. And I remember um, when those results came back, um, being absolutely terrified mm-hmm. at that point. Because at that point, I we didn't know, doctors and I didn't know whether it was... Um, something like a breast cancer or something that we had missed that had metastasized and moved into the bones uh, or whether this was a type of bone cancer. At the time, I didn't know about multiple myeloma. (laughs) So I was sort of thinking, well, what did we miss and how bad is it that it's entirely covering my entire upper body? Um, So that was was scary at that point. Um, So that that was a few days of panic. Um, I remember <laughs> getting the, the results back from the bone scan on uh, Thursday evening, Thursday, yeah, Thursday afternoon, I think, and going out to, uh, to meet friends of mine at a pub that night. Um, and, and definitely sort of losing it at the end of the night, um, just sitting around with, uh, with friends at that point and having those very scared moments. Um, but 
you know, you, uh, that, that day was, was done and the next one was, uh, was ahead. So, uh, one foot in front of the other and move on from there. So that was the toughest part, I think, was the waiting between finding out that there was really something wrong and figuring out what was wrong. Hmm. What was it like? What was it like? Um, your, your process of, you know, I think about the big events that we have in our life and you sort of stack up who <laughs> you're going to tell first mm-hmm. and then you kind of go, yeah, they're kind of important, but they really haven't talked to me much in the last couple of months. It's like putting <laughs> together your wedding list, right? Like yeah. we're going to get this down yeah. to 75 guests. And if we haven't talked to them <laughs> the last six months, they're cut. They're, they're, off, they're the off the list. What was it like? Uh, what was it like for you sort of? Did you, when, when you, when you sort of came to the moment, you're like, okay, I have to, I have to start, I have to start sharing. Well, you tell me, what was that process like? Like that moment of aha, like I have to, I have to tell someone, I have to tell people. Mm -hmm. Walk me through that. Uh, It was, it was weird. Um, I didn't necessarily tell the people that I actually would have expected (laughs) in a sense. Um, yeah, I didn't necessarily go to the sort of the the immediate best friends um, per se. Um, I don't know if I I didn't tell too many people right away. Is there anybody in your world that's going to hear this podcast and this is going to be like how they find out? No, seriously. Like, is there like someone that has like Um, reaching distance to you where they're like, wait, Jocelyn Curvin. I know Jocelyn Curvin. (laughs) She's my sister. No, but like, no, but like, it's like maybe not, not quite that that close, Uh, but like, (laughs) but there may be, there may be a couple here. One or two people. And I'll try not to make you laugh. I'll tell, well, I'll tell you, um, my parents were actually some of the last people that I told. Okay. Um, the, the week that I happened to be, um, going through the most of the tests and, and the week that I ended up at Toronto General Hospital and, and subsequently at Princess Margaret, my parents were away on vacation for that week. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, there's nothing they can do, <laughs> um, from where they are. I just, I have to go through various tests or whatever. And until I have something concrete to tell them, I'm going to leave it. So I did, and I didn't tell them until they got home. So maybe not my best plan of action, but, uh, (laughs) you know, it was what it was. So the one thing I'll say is like within this is that everything that is, everything that becomes your plan is the best for you. Mm -hmm. I'll say that flat out. So, you know, ma, dad, Mm -hmm. apologies yeah. If you happen to listen to this podcast, but, um, <laughs> they know. Yeah. It, because I, I am curious about a little bit about the, you know, a little bit of the, the psychology, a little bit of the thinking behind it. Mm-hmm. Who, um, who did you tell first? Um, I told a, a colleague, mm-hmm. a colleague friend, um, that I'm quite close to, um, that the possibility of whatever was going on, that the possibility of it, of it being cancer was there. Did you say it? Sorry, and this is where I get really curious. Mm-hmm. Did you did you say that it was a possibility at a distance, or did you say that it it is what it is? 
I I, th- I said it, it. It is what it is. I, I okay. I think I said it likely is a cancer. We don't know what. Okay. Um. And then, like I said, I I did tell a very very close friend of mine. Um. And then yeah. Um. I, other than that, I don't think I told too many people until I actually had full blown diagnosis. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So I told about two, maybe three people throughout the initial stages. Um, I think maybe because I didn't want to, I didn't want to make it real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there was always, I was sort of holding out hope along the way. I think that it was not what the worst case scenario might be. Mm-hmm. You know, still holding out for maybe it's osteoporosis. We could we could deal with that. That would be okay. Drink um, more milk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Calcium. <laughs> Yay, calcium. Drink no. more milk. <laughs> so there were still those those moments of this can't be as bad as we think it is, right? Um. So and then, yeah. Then the amazing team over at Toronto General um, did a really good job of squashing that idea. <laughs> um. But I, I, yeah, that whole process was incredible. Just watching or being a part of um, an, an amazing system down at, at Toronto General and Princess Margaret and the speed at which things happened when they really started to happen mm-hmm. was absolutely fascinating. Can you, can you speak to that at all? So what do you... There may <sighs> be some people thinking, yeah, you know, like I, I'm kind of waiting for stuff to happen. How did you... What do you... What do you... What do you... See, what do you what did you see? What's it, what, what's the images that like, what was your experience? That's, that's getting um, you to say that. I, I don't, I don't know that I've ever, <laughs> I've never known anything to move so fast. Um, I, uh, I had, I had the rib x-ray for instance on January, I don't know, 24, 25, something like that. Somewhere mm-hmm. in that second last week of January had the rib x-ray on a Tuesday, um, chatted with my super young doctor on the Thursday. He said, let's do the bone scan. I had the bone scan on February 5th, which was a Tuesday. And I said to the technician at the end of, of it, when it was all finished, I said, how long does it usually take to get results? And she said, usually about seven to 10 days, but your doctor certainly could call and ask for them sooner. And at 10.30 on the following, on the very next morning, Wednesday morning, um, my doctor's office called and said, we have your results. We need you to come in. So that was when things fell off the rails. I got, that was when I got really scared. Um, and, uh, And it was on February 7th that I met with the, um, the main doctor at this, the walk-in clinic, um, sort of the head family doctor kind of took over at that point. So and just time check on this. We're, yeah. we're, we're, is that, this is first week of February, like two, two weeks. We're now yeah, within we're a two like, week time frame. Yeah. Week and a half okay. sort, of, sort of thing, but literally like from bone scan to things happening was like days. Okay. So bone scan on a Tuesday, phone call on a Wednesday, met with the doctor on Thursday. Uh, he said, I need you to go for an emergency CT scan, which we did on Friday. 
That result came back on Tuesday of the following week. So now we're at February 11th, I think. 11, 12, 12th maybe. Uh, so yeah, a week later. Um, and he called me at 10 after 7, Tuesday night on the 12th. Uh, the clinic closes at 8. He called me at 10 after 7 and said, how close do you live? I said, I can walk there in five minutes. He said, I'd like you to come over. And then we sat and talked for about an hour um, about what the CT scan showed. And that was where uh, <laughs> you mentioned the, the term honeycomb. Mm. Um, that was where he said that um, there are lesions throughout your bones. Um, and we can see that. And there's only a couple of possibilities that that factor those sorts of things in. Um, so at that point, he, uh, he said, uh, he, he used the phrase, if you were my sister, if you were my sister, I would tell you to do this. And, um, and that was kind of amazing. You know, he, he really was determined to make sure that I had the absolute best care possible. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he said, I want you to go to Toronto general emergency tomorrow morning and I'm going to give you a copy of all of your files, all of your scans, all your information. I'm going to give you a note and I'm going to send you there and hope that they, they make this happen because I, we think we know what it is, but they need to do the tests. So that was on February 11th. February 12th, I went to Toronto General. Or February 13th, I was at Toronto General. February 14th, I was at Toronto General. They ran every test imaginable. It was incredible and amazing. And um, by February 15th, um, I met with an internist who um, narrowed it down to multiple myeloma. So probably within 10 days, uh, most of it happened. And on the 21st of February, um, the, uh, they biopsied, they had biopsied <laughs> to go back to my shoulder issue. Um, the mass that in October was a centimeter and a half by February was seven and a half centimeters. And so they biopsied that. And, uh, those biopsy results came back on the 21st and confirmed that those cells were multiple myeloma cells. And they just basically reinforced everything we'd already seen. And I went to Princess Margaret to meet with my first oncology team on February 26th. And I started chemo on February 27th. So I went from a bone scan on February 5th to starting chemo on February 27th. Um, and I've been off work ever since, which is weird. Um, yeah, so February just kind of disappeared into hospital chaos. So I'm. I wanted to. I wanted to touch on that. The. Um, so you know, the, the one of the. One of the kind of the, the approaches that 
I've had on the podcast is connecting with educators that I mean, there's I, sometimes I tell the my, my dog story. I may have told you how chasing squirrels came to be. Mm-hmm. Now's not the time, but the, <laughs> but the the story of of you know the the difference where you are affecting change in your mm-hmm. world or change is affecting you, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I'm curious about. The moments, maybe it's a moment or moments where you you may have been looking at being a teacher mm-hmm. in a different light. So, you know, again, we'll do these full disclosure, like you're a teacher, you're an educator. That's yep. kind of, that's how we've come to do with Chasing Squirrels and Lads. That's how we met. We met through teaching yep. and it's, it is a through line. It is one of the intersectionalities yeah. of you and I talking right now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's these great kind of abstract conversations that you can find on Twitter sometimes about, you know, when people are going to retire from teaching or they, you know, what are they going to do? Or if, if I didn't, if I wasn't a teacher, I don't know <laughs> what I would be, which I, and I'm, you know what, I'm characterizing, I'm putting the wrong tone. I'm not being overly sarcastic. But in the realm of that conversation, it strikes me that, you know, they're not thinking about if 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 the opportunity to teach because of your health was taken away from you. Yeah. And I'm I'm curious about some of your thinking around teaching being taken from you. Yeah. And some of your thoughts around that. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that's that's been that's been tough. Um, in some ways, it's it's interesting that this sort of happened while I'm in the role of consultant because um, I'm not in a classroom right now, and so I wonder. <laughs> I think this would be a lot harder to deal with if I had suddenly had to stop teaching music, like mm. if I had been in a music classroom. And suddenly, you know, just all of a sudden could not go back to work. Like, literally couldn't walk through the door. Um, I think I'd certainly be in a very different mindset than where I am now. Um, So being able to sort of um, walk away from an office and and know, too... um, as a music teacher, you're often very isolated. Mm-hmm. You're often the only one in the school who does what you do. There might be maybe two or three of you, but sometimes you are down to one. Um, the role that I have right now as digital literacy consultant is very much part of a team. And so when I got sick, um, the moment that I had to step away, my team stepped in. And, and everybody just, <laughs> just took things off my plate and, and just redistributed responsibilities and, you know, made sure that I did not have to worry about anything um, so that the only focus I needed to concern myself with was getting better and fighting cancer. And it was amazing. Um, 
<laughs> and I couldn't be more grateful for the incredible people that I work with um, that made this transition easier um, and, and made it more manageable to sort of just stop doing my job, which is not ever something I considered um, having to do was just stop. <laughs> um, you know, you look at retirement or you look at, you know, are you changing jobs or whatever? You, there's some, um, there's some mental prep <laughs> that kind of goes with that. I think sometimes, um, you sort of gear yourself up to those moments. Um, there was, there was no, there was no gearing myself up for this. This was, you know, slam on the brakes and, and that's it. You're done. Walk away. So that was, uh, that was, that was weird. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for the team that, uh, that helped make it possible that I could do that, um, without, um, without too much mental guilt, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and without, uh, knowing, you know, with knowing that, that it was okay to do that. It was okay to walk away and say, I need to look after me for now. Um, and I, I think if I was in the classroom, that would, that would have been harder to do because of course, as teachers, we always want to look after our students. And, and that's a, certainly part of who I'm have always been is, you know, how do I make sure that they are okay? Um, so I didn't have that burden at this point in time. So it's, that's been different. Maybe we'll, when we talk again, we can talk about, um, and we can talk in broad terms. So we can talk about specifics, um, about how one of the, one of the spaces that I'm I'm constantly curious about, and I, I tweet a lot about this, is that is is the amount of the amount of the good stuff that we put into schools. So it's sort of like mm-hmm. we're doing things away from school to make education, the experience of school for others, awesome. Mm-hmm. And I like to flip that sometimes and say, what is it that school then does that makes our life away from school better? So where does it kind of reinvest in us? Where does it flip mm-hmm. the metric and sort of say it's, it's, it's doing right by us when we're away from school? You know, how, is, how does school make teachers better people, better mm-hmm. humans? Mm-hmm. So maybe when we, when we talk again, we can talk about some of the support systems that um, are kind of a part of mm-hmm. our work. We're in the same school board. Um, yeah. We can kind of touch on that. Um, with without having work, because you're like on holidays right now. It's right? so weird. <laughs> so <laughs> so without without this the distraction yeah. of having to do the nine to five. So yeah. jealous. Um, <laughs> and I'm actually right now. Sorry, this is one of the things I always forget about. Like we've got a little video window up right now, and I'm like yeah. making faces at the camera, which are great for you <laughs> and making you kind of giggle, but they don't translate well to, right. to audio, right? So right now I'm like making sarcastic eye rolling things, but without having. So it's a, it's a two parter, okay? Mm-hmm. So okay. let's say without having the, um, it's I know your job is not nine to five, nor there is mine, but that idea of having this sort of the scheduled day to go to. 
has that created any space for you to notice things about you, whether big or small or sort of like these aha moments, not specific to the challenges of the day to day of dealing with cancer, but just Mm -hmm. the without having to No, this is a bad lead. I'm going to go in a different way. Okay. By having a measurable or notice amount of kind of free time, Mm -hmm. we'll call it holiday. Has that, what kind of thinking has that kind of sparked up in you? <laughs> you know, you know, you, you, yeah. I'll, I'll do the big reveal that you bought a video game system, which I'm totally <laughs> in, in like support of because joy comes from that system. Yeah. Okay. Props down. If, if switch, if Nintendo ever wants to actually sponsor my podcast, <laughs> I would totally be down with that. But I know my kids would take a, to- a ton of joy from the Nintendo switch. And you had yeah, mentioned that I you bought a video admit, game system. Literally, I, I think it was like the third day that I knew I was going to be home, I ordered a Nintendo Switch. Perfect. <laughs> so here's the really clumsy question. Without without the sort of distraction of work, yep. what are you noticing? Um, interestingly enough, I still feel guilty about sitting and playing video games for a little while. <laughs> you don't um, think like, like you should just have a t-shirt like, <laughs> I have cancer and on the back, that's why I'm playing, I'm playing video exactly. games. Like, yeah. Yeah. What's wrong with you? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> oh, man. See, there's uh, yeah. the dark humor. There's right. the dark humor, right? Yeah. What's your excuse? That's <laughs> I've got cancer. I'm just going to yeah. totally do a long session on Zelda right now. Yeah, exactly. What's your excuse? Playing Zelda. <laughs> All right. Uh, it, it's, it is weird. Um, now, granted, the first, this past month or so, so I'm going to say up until... A week ago, mm-hmm. um, certainly my life has revolved around treatments. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I, I had so much damage on in my spine, um, mobility was a major issue over the last month or so. And I didn't, I guess I didn't realize how bad that was getting. Mm-hmm. And that made my days very different. Um, because I was in a significant amount of pain over these last, this last month or so. Um, and really unable to move much or go far. Um, I was very much homebound and, uh, and didn't realize, I don't think, um, how much of a toll that was taking on me physically. So last week I had spinal surgery, which was amazing. (laughs) And holy jumpins, am I ever a lot better this week? Uh, it's shockingly different. Um, again, it kind of goes back to, you know, how long was I putting off looking into this? Um, now that I know, (laughs) now that I know what I know. Anyhow, um, so now my days are more about what am I going to fill it with? Um, now that I'm more mobile, now that I'm feeling better. And, and, and again, one of the other differences about multiple myeloma is the treatment cycle. And, um, and I don't have the kind of side effects from my chemotherapy that, um, I think people are, are used to sort of hearing about. I'm not nauseous. I'm not going to lose my hair. Um, I'm not seeing those kind of side effects. So there are days that I feel completely normal (laughs) and, uh, and I'm kind of like, okay, uh, I should be at work. Um, so that's kind of hard to get my head around mm-hmm. sometimes. And yet then there are other days where I'm like, okay, I walked to the grocery store and back and that's all the energy I have today. 
and I'm going to need to sleep for the next two hours <laughs> to recover. Um, so it's, it, yeah, there are definitely weird days and, and normal days. And, um, so not knowing how to fill those, um, has been, has been weird. Um, I think it's getting better. Um, I'm certain it's, I'm sleeping better, um, which is kind of nice because that was a, certainly one of the things that was affected by this that I, again, that I didn't realize. Um, so I'm feeling better now, I think, and I'm trying to get my head around, yeah, what you do when you're not a teacher all of a sudden. So no answers there? Still figuring it out? Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Just, uh, like I said, now that the, uh, now that I'm just trying to get in mobile again, um, uh, that's, yeah, that's starting to become more of a, a consideration. Do you have a, um, do you have a, a spiritual center? Do you have a, a sort of like that, like, do you, um, connect with any sort of religion or sort of, or, uh, um, I, I do not. Um, I was raised, you know, going to church on Sundays, uh, and so on. Um, but, uh, it hasn't been a big part of my life recently, um, over the last, you know, few years or so. And I realize um, in saying so that, like, I'm not suggesting somehow yeah. you should be spending all day long praying <laughs> or like, you know, hoping, right. hoping for, let's say, quote unquote, the miracle. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm more, it's more curious about that sort of, it sort of could be mindfulness or spiritualism or let's. It's a grounding Yeah, space. exactly. Some place yeah. that you sort of anchor yeah. yourself to um, yeah. that mm-hmm. kind of allows you to feel like you can be bounced around by some of these, some of the thinking or, you know, mm-hmm. a really hard level mm-hmm. in Zelda. I don't know. But like you could sort of like <laughs> that thing that kind of tethers you to what you feel, what you consider to be like your rock. So I think that's just yeah. a sort of. I'm um, do, Yep. <laughs> totally backing out of that question, realizing I'm saying, no, I, I totally understand yeah. where you're going with that. Um, yeah. And, and, and I think that's something I'm still, um, I'm looking for that centering, mm. I think a little bit. Um, I think I need to, I, I'm going to need to spend some more time, um, with that. Um, the, e- I'm, I'm in the easy stage right now of my treatment. Um, come summertime, mm-hmm. I think uh, things are going to change and I'm going to hit some rough patches moving forward. But before we get to that, that's right. let's back it up a sec okay. because you, you do have some, so with all of this, and we'll say the notwithstanding mm-hmm. months, um, you had said that you are aiming to go back to work. Ideally. Okay. So walk me through that. Um, so this goes back again to the treatment cycle. Um, that I'm, I'm sort of looking at. And the standard treatment with multiple myeloma includes a stem cell transplant. But I don't need a donor match. Um, they will use my own stem cells. Okay. So once we get into that part of this, the treatment, um, that's where things will get rough. I think, and that's where my body is going to really take a hit uh, as we prepare for that, as we go through, as I go through that, as I recover from that. So right now, with the chemotherapy that I'm on, that is literally just let's beat the crap out of the multiple myeloma cancer cells, <laughs> which is the stage I'm at right now. Um, 
I'm feeling really good and I'm very stable and um, the treatment is, is going to stay the same for the next few months. So given that I'm feeling the best I'm going to feel for quite some time, um, I think I'm, I'm okay to go back to work hopefully in the next month, perhaps. Um, yeah, in some capacity. Um, because I have a feeling that this is going to be a long fight. So I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go back to work and I'm going to try and, and, you know, get back to a little bit of normalcy, um, over the next little while before we, um, before we hit the hard stages, I think. So that's kind of the plan tentatively. I'm hearing in, in, in your tone that it's sort of, it's, you're, you're sort of, you're, you're releasing yourself into the process. It's sort of like the checklist. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Yeah. We're going to do this. Is this you in the natural state? Are you, are you a checklister kind of a person? Um, no, no, this is, uh, this is a bit new. Okay. Um, yeah, this is, this is the, what do I need to do? next is kind of the stage the the mindset that i'm in these days can you are you foreseeing any um what do you what are you kind of thinking about that return to work will look like um i haven't had i'm trying to think you know you know, most intense case scenario was like when I came back from pat leave and people are like, oh, how's your newborn son? Like right. when I was away from school. But that's not this. That's <laughs> that's not this. I don't, I, no. I don't even have any right saying that on this particular <laughs> podcast. But you're going to be coming back like yeah. um, I have a little bit of like the scene from the end of Breakfast Club. <laughs> when um, dude is walking on the soccer field, like with his fist in the air, you know, right. and there's some like 80s, like, right. <laughs> like, what are you thinking about that moment of coming back into, like, have you played it out at all in your head? You're like, no, yo, not at all. I just, I got to go do a soundtrack uh, session over at such and such a high school and I got to get right. in contact with Google for a thing or... Yep. Is there going to be sort of like, do you, do you expect a little bit of triaging when you arrive back at work and you're just like, yo, yo, I'm good. Like, stop talking. Yeah. I got a, I got an email yeah. to send. <laughs> and that's the thing because I, I feel normal. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sort of going to approach things as though I'm perfectly fine. Right. Um, I don't know how that will go over. <laughs> Um, you know, and, and I still, I'm, there are things that I'm going to have to be careful of. Um, I'm still somewhat immunosuppressed. So, um, so there are things I'm going to have to, you know, pay attention to and be cautious of, uh, when I return and, uh, and my job might look a little bit different than it did, you know, a couple of months ago in terms of what I can and cannot do. So we'll see. Hmm. Um, but it's going to be weird. There's no question about that. Here's, here's where we can kind of, let's say, escape for the evening. Um, where we landed was a little bit in that space about whether or not... Um, kind of how, how powerful 
other people's perception is. And I think I had mentioned about how, you know, people wanting to talk to my dad through the disease as opposed to talking directly to him. Mm-hmm. See, I'm realizing now, now if I don't have my headphones on and again, I'm talking to the camera, I can't even hear you if you're talking to me. This is so ridiculous. <laughs> Soundtrap, we will master you. That's right. Um, heading back into work. Yep. Is there sort of projects that you're looking to get back on top of just because you're, you know, you feel like these are some of the loose threads that were in motion. Absolutely. Or wait, it's oh, either or, or, or okay. is it about getting back in there and just working? Definitely both. There's, there's definitely both. Um, there, there are a couple of projects that, um, that I feel I definitely left hanging that I'd like to follow up on. Um, but then there is that, um, just that day to day of being able to, to go to work, engage with other people, do what I really love to do, which is the role of a digital literacy consultant. Um, so I am, I'm looking forward, yeah, just to getting back to just the day to day. And if, you know, if that means that one day all I'm doing is answering emails and, and, you know, helping the odd teacher for 15 minutes, <laughs> um, so be it. Um, but there, yeah, there's definitely those pieces to look forward to as well. Okay. So one of the last spaces that, uh, I think is kind of crucial to, to speak to, um, I will say, you, you know, my father in, in figuring out what life was going to be like, it was sort of explained to him that multiple myeloma can be a, a live with cancer mm-hmm. that you, um, you're going to include it in your lifestyle. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, when we were off you know, our hiatus for a little 15 minutes there, you know, I'm sharing that, uh, you know, I have sleep apnea. So me accepting that, you know, there's no eat, there's no naps on the couch anymore. I've, I've accommodated uh, my life. If I, if I need to have a nap, I need to go up to bed and I have to have, use my CPAP machine. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, as he was figuring out, the new tools that he was going to have to use. Uh, I can remember, you know, my mom and me were like, we were just taking copious notes, you know, the lists, the checklists, the here's the person that you call. And I just, I think in, in, in what I'd really like to be able to do, maybe we can at the, uh, kind of have the, I used in, in chasing squirrels, the podcast, uh, (laughs) talking about like a podcast in the third person. Um, sort of throwing down some of the shout outs, but in this case, maybe it's closer to some of the cool resources. So if, um, by all means, if, if you're open to it, people can reach out to you to, you know, make contact. Sure. But some of the spaces in, um, that you have found or that I have found that, uh, you know, not to say so specifically a support system, but in order to find out more about multiple myeloma or, um, other blood cancers or just wellness and uh, spiritual support. Um, 
you know, how much is it for the new Yoshi game from Nintendo? Like, these are kind of important <laughs> bits of information that you need to, right. you know, for maintenance along the way. Yeah. I'll, I'll throw out, like, um, you know, my, my, my dad was connected with Lake Ridge Health in Oshawa and Durham Region, and it was a, a really great... I always felt like the information coming to me was specific enough to make me feel like I was on top of what was being explained to me. Sure. Um, but it was also, I felt like I understood it to the sort of like capacity that my non-science head yep. could. Yeah. How about for you? Any particular connections or shout outs that you would want to um, put down at the end of the, of our conversation? It, it's, uh, yeah, the, the whole, uh, the whole team at, um, at Princess Margaret, um, has been amazing, but I think one of the, the, the support people that I um, have certainly come to appreciate in, in a huge way uh, is my nurse practitioner. Um, and I didn't even really, I guess, realize sort of what a nurse practitioner is or what they can do or, or that sort of thing. Um, but I meet with my nurse practitioner every week when I go in for my chemo treatment. Um, and, and that's been um, a, a real anchor along the way. Um, she's amazing and knowledgeable, and um, it actually is, uh, I believe, uh, there at the end of April, there is a, um, a national conference for multiple myeloma. And, um, and she's actually one of the presenters at this. So she, uh, she plays a really big role in, um, in supporting multiple myeloma and it's been great to sort of have her um back in my corner and uh and be able to to rely on her and ask questions and uh and be um you know no question is too small <laughs> um so those are kind of some amazing uh things that I have learned along the way um I think over the next few months or so as I as I make this my new normal um, those are some of the things I'm going to be looking more for are some of those, those regular support systems, um, that are out there and, and sort of to see what, what works for me, what, um, what there is available. Um, the truth with multiple myeloma is that it, it's very rare in people sort of under the age of 60. Um, so there's not... Uh, some of the statistics are not the same. Some of the, the support systems are designed for an older um, patient, in a sense. So I'm still sort of figuring out where I fit in uh, in some of those structures. I think so. That'll that'll it's going to take a little bit of time. Have you? Um, it just comes to mind. Have you been connected with or met anyone else that uh, currently? has this um, type of cancer? No. I have a teacher friend who um, who let me know that her dad currently is living with multiple myeloma um, and offered to connect me. I haven't had a chance to take her up on that yet. Um, turns out a friend of my parents also has it. Hmm. Um, it's sort of one of those things where the moment you mention it, then people start to say, oh, well, I know somebody with that. But as far as myself, 
Uh, no, not yet. Um, I am going to go to the conference at the end of April. Um, and they do have um, sessions for uh, patients and, uh, and meetups and so on, support groups and stuff that will be part of that conference. So at that point, there's a good chance that I will meet more people that, um, <laughs> that are, are dealing with it in the same way that I am. All right. So. <laughs> the new normal. The new normal. Mm-hmm. Living with multiple myeloma. It's a good wrap-up statement. It's not a good title for a podcast, though. <laughs> so on that, I'm going to leave that challenge to you because uh, I mentioned I'm going to try and drop this episode sometime uh, in a couple days. So between now and then... Mm-hmm. Whenever this is released, you, you can get to me what you want to title it as. Between now and then, though, uh, or even after that, where could... Do you want... To, like? So here's the thing. We're going to be you know, setting this free. This, this yep. is going to be on social media. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you want people reaching out to you to talk about this? Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> it would be kind of um, funny, actually. Someone's <laughs> listening to this and you point blank say, no, just listen right. to the story. Just listen Do to the story. Do not that's it. contact Don't want to me. talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> so if that's the case, then. No. Um, <laughs> it's your right. It's totally your right. right. I, um, I'm still learning, certainly, okay. about this. Um, but it is, um, it's, it's part of my world now, and it's going to be part of my world permanently. Um, so if people have questions, I want, yeah, I want them to, to be able to ask me or, or um, reach out with stories if they want to share their own. Um, absolutely. If there are people that have questions, um, certainly contact me and ask. I won't necessarily have an answer because mm-hmm. I'm still learning myself. Um, but uh, I can certainly make some connections. What's your pref? You want to throw down your Twitter email? What do you want? I'm to on use? Twitter. I'm on Twitter at uh, J Curves, J K E R V S. Um, I definitely hang out there a lot, and um, yeah, um, that's kind of where I, I do a lot of my conversation. So I have an Instagram account, same handle, but I don't use it as much as I think other people do. So. Twitter is kind of where I do uh, most of my interactions. I'm, I'm looking forward to, um, sorry, wrong lead. I'm mm. curious about, um, I'm curious about some of the conversations that will come out of this um, as it's connected with our PLN, because we do have some, we have overlap, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We sort of touch base and then similar spaces. Sure. So, um, yeah, I'm, I think there's there's a, you know, part of the reason of, of having this conversation in the first place is that this is also, this is a teacher story. It is. Yeah, it yeah. is a teacher story. One of yeah. the intersections that is you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And it's, uh, it's an ongoing story. Like I said, we're going to have an episode two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As I learn more. If there isn't an episode two, then... <laughs> <laughs> 
We're at that. least going to have a second episode. <laughs> there's the dark yeah. humor. Yeah. And again, there's me making a face at the camera that just won't. It's not going to be. It doesn't work because we're doing it's a horrible all good. Way, but Definitely. Commitment definitely. to episode two. Yep. Commit- all right. Yep. Episode two coming up. All right, Joss. Thanks for talking. Thanks for uh, thanks for hosting. Yeah, no. Like I said, happy. I uh, when you approached me, I said, you know, I I don't journal necessarily. I I I, I don't consistently write. Um, I know some people suggest it. Um, I like to talk. Yep. So uh, so this is how we're gonna chronicle the journey a there bit. There you go. And you throw in the link and say, in your face. <laughs> <laughs> That's Telling right. Telling me to journal. You want an update? Here yeah. it is. <laughs> I journaled yeah. audio style That's with right. a theme song. <laughs> For All sure. Right. Have a fantastic evening. Thank you, you too. Thanks. I look forward to chatting again. Absolutely. Episode two coming up. Thank you.